0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 38 of the Justin Inside podcast. Uh, sorry it's coming to you a little bit later than usual. Uh, I was super ill over the last couple of days, so didn't get to a chance to record. But here we are. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Tim Backbeck. I am a writer, I'm a lover of films, music, and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Um, going to do a quick roundup for this week as I want to get this episode out to you guys as quickly as possible. Um, but my band The Divorcee, we played a show with Carbomb in Southampton last Friday, which was fucking sick. Um, if you're unaware of Carbomb, please go check them out. They're super awesome. Um, the tour support who's, who were uh, on the road with Carbomb was a band called Circuit of Sons. Also, go check them out. Um, but they were really nice to us. Uh, kind enough to lend us a drum kit after the promoter didn't tell us that we needed to bring a backline, which was really shitty. But we won't go into that um, but yeah they were really complimentary of us um, and i have actually been speaking to their vocalists uh, since the show and hopefully we're gonna keep in touch with them and maybe sort something out with them in the future who knows but fingers crossed for that but um, yeah also we're actually playing a show this Sunday in uh, Brighton at the Green Door Store where we're supporting Frontier so if anyone's around in Brighton we'd love to see you come say hi. i um, have also done a lot of writing this week so I've done some really cool interviews, I got to interview Comeback Kid, which was nuts, uh, interviewed Burn as well, which was pretty cool, so you can go read both those interviews over at alreadyheard.com, uh, I also reviewed the latest Prawn and the Horrors records, uh, and you can go read those reviews over at vulturehound.com. Uh, right, so on to this week's episode, as I say, going to keep the intro as short as possible for this week, but... Uh, we're talking all things WWE No Mercy. Um, as I say, no, we're running a little bit late this week, so Monday Night Raw has happened, so some of these storylines have moved on. I'm currently watching Raw as we speak, so I'm trying to catch up myself. Um, but, yeah, I'm joined by my good friend and Justin Insight regular Maz Gambadella to discuss things All No Mercy. Um, as always, let us know what you thought of the pay-per-view. You can tweet us by... Uh, Getting us at just underscore and ugh, gonna start that one again. At and un- oh wow, three times, third time lucky at just underscore and underscore insight. Uh, use the hashtag jai pod. Apologies, it's late, can't talk, I can never talk. You guys should probably know this by now. Why do I do a podcast if I can't even get my words out? Who knows? Uh, But yeah, please sit back, enjoy mine and Maz's discussion of No Mercy, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Right, so uh, off the back of another WWE pay-per-view, this weekend we had uh, the return of No Mercy, um, to discuss things, all things or discuss things, all things. I can't talk. Uh, to do with the WWE pay per view is my guest once again, Maz Gambadella. Maz, thanks again for joining me. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, not too bad, thank you. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm good. As as mentioned, doing this a bit later than normal because I came down with down with a sickness. Um, <laughs> so yeah, doing doing the, recording this on Tuesday um, instead of the Monday. So we are behind Raw a little bit, but um prior me and Maz discussed neither of us have actually watched Raw yet apart from the end segment, which we'll we'll get into a little bit. So we're not gonna be too far behind I guess, but we'll 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 go in anyway. But yeah, what what did you think of No Mercy, Maz? Um, it was um, it was
1: enjoyable I thought. Uh, I out of ten I'd probably give it uh
0: Maybe a six, six and a half, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't.
1: It didn't blow away, but it wasn't a complete shit show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been
0: that weird middle ground. Well, I think obviously we'll we'll get into it with the matches, but I think it it peaked at a particular point and then drifted off extremely badly, and I think that left a bit of a a sour taste in in some people's mouths, but. Well,
1: yeah. we'll obviously... I think it was... Yeah, sorry, go
0: on. No, no, go, go on, you say what...
1: Well... well, I was just going to say, uh, the thing that I that took away most from this paper was every all the storylines seem to be... Uh, they haven't really included, really. They're kind of, like, floating along slightly.
0: Yeah. And I think that's yeah. kind of what, what No Mercy was maybe set up to be, because I know, obviously, they were saying... The main event and co-main event were obviously WrestleMania calibre, but the, there was a reason they weren't on <laughs> WrestleMania. So, uh, um, yeah, it, it kind of did feel a bit of a, a stopgap pay-per-view. But we'll we'll go into the matches. But um, did you get a chance to see the pre-show at all? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, uh, well, you didn't miss out on much. Um, we had, oh, uh, really? Yeah, we had Elias against Apollo Crews. Um, the only kind of thing of that know that I wanted to kind of bring up on this point was uh the kind of juxtaposition of of the two characters because uh if you think Elias has been on the main roster for maybe when was mania April so uh, April. yeah, so like four months he's been on the main roster roughly mm. Cruz has been on it for over a year now. And yeah. it shows that obviously Elias has been in matches for going for the IC title number one contendership. He's being put in there with like the likes of Finn Balor and people like that and Cruz is stuck with Titus Worldwide at the moment who Yeah. It's just it it's quite interesting to see like the polar opposites of how the two guys have obviously they come both came through NXT but are being pushed in completely different directions. Um, I, I, I think yeah. we've discussed this before about Cruz, but what, what do you feel is kind of lacking with him that there's no connection with with the the fans at all? Uh,
1: well, I think he should have, to be honest, I think he should have stayed on NXT for a little bit longer. I think he got called up a bit too quickly, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and also, I guess there's that lack of depth with him i think that's mainly most people's criticisms of him is that you really get to see much of the character of apollo cruz uh i think that's probably why they put him with titus um which is a shame i think he would have really benefited a lot from having a couple more months or maybe even a year uh still in NXT cuz I I can't remember how long he was there for but it didn't seem like he was
0: there for No that long. he wasn't there long at all before he moved up
1: Yeah so I think that might be that's my that's what I understand you know his criticism yeah. to be anyway
0: And what are you a fan of Elias?
1: I'll be honest I haven't uh actually seen I, I get the character, I mean it gets heat and yeah. I think that's probably why he got called up so quickly, is because at least he gets a reaction. Um, uh Yeah, I mean from what I've seen of him, to be honest I haven't seen any of his main roster appearances or anything like that. I've seen him make fun of the towns and <laughs> yeah. you know that kind of classic heel shtick that he does. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't really have <laughs> unfortunately I don't have, but he looks great. Yeah. Like, he's built like a you know, brick house, but yeah, one thing I find really funny about him is that we're supposed to believe that he's like this drifter that plays guitar. And for anyone who probably plays guitar to see him holding the guitar the way he does, must really aggravating. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Like it was going to go out of tune instantly. But yeah.
0: But yeah, uh, the only kind of th- notes I have of, of the match were Elias did a couple of cool things. Like there was a point where, uh Cruz had like, sort of jumped out to go up on the top rope and Elias just swiped his leg legs out and he collapsed on the apron. Um Elias did a, a weird like donkey kick thing out of the corner which kind of reminded me of any sort of hardcore kid that's at the front of a, a stage kind of thing. <laughs> which oh, I thought yeah. was quite funny. Um but also his his finisher is kind of basically just like a neck breaker, and it for his Build and size, it doesn't look like it should be that impactful. So, it, it'd be interesting to see if sort of later on down the line they kind of maybe give Elias a bit more of a, a power move. But there's obviously they've obviously invested in him because I think they've obviously given him the opportunity to do his little songs about the cities or town or whatever they're in at the beginning of each match, and so they've obviously see something in him so it'll be interesting to see what they do in in the long term but yeah as i say you didn't miss out on much regarding regarding the match itself i mean to be honest i i didn't watch
1: this on the night because um you know unfortunately i i was just too tired so when i watched it the next day unfortunately you can't really uh see the pre-show but like you say it feels like i didn't really miss that much no
0: but we'll go straight into the main show then so uh we obviously open up with uh the miz against jason jordan for the ic title um straight off the bat i think we many people have said this over the last sort of month and year but miz has got to be hands down probably the best guy that well in my opinion the best guy wwe have at the moment as an all-rounder, okay, his wrestling isn't the best, but everything he do does, it just touches his absolute gold. And I think the reaction he got when he came out was appreciation of that, because the pop he got for being arguably the best heel in the company was quite impressive, I thought. But obviously, and then on the complete flip side, you had everyone booing Jason Jordan, which yeah was obviously... Yeah. Bit of a problem. Yeah, massive problem. But obviously, I know you're not massive on on keeping up to Raw week to week, but what's what's your kind of views on the whole Jason Jordan thing? Because I'll go into some of the stuff he does in the match in a minute, but he's obviously got the talent and everything to be a top guy, but just the positioning and packaging of this storyline is just awful. And obviously... Like Smarks are hating it. Like I think even sort of casual fans are hating it. So I don't know. But what? Where do you feel his positioning should be?
1: Uh, well, I, I actually, i actually watching a bit of Raw, and uh, I watched his match with Reigns and yeah. I watched his match with Cena. Now both of them were brilliant matches. Yeah, really good. Uh, obviously he was. On the losing end of those but I think it's too
0: early for I mean he shouldn't be winning over Cena at this point (laughs) but what I mean
1: to say is they clearly I think they've I think they've realized okay this is kind of a bit gaudy let's try and build up a bit more naturally because if you look at Chad Gable he's getting over way better and I think that's because they haven't given him this horrendous storyline to deal with and i think that's that's why i think you're getting a lot of this negative reaction from the majority of the fans is because you know these these aren't idiots they can see right through this you know this whole storyline gimmick thing uh which is a shame on jason jordan because you know he is a good wrestler albeit maybe a bit suplex heavy but apart from that like he's a good wrestler and I think it's just been a shame that he's been dealt this card I guess
0: Mm. but then obviously the match itself again nothing massively sort of stand out in, in my opinion but as I mentioned previously I think Miz is showing that obviously I don't actually know how many years he's been with the WWE now but he's showing he he's a bit of a ringleader now and obviously with mm. Jord, like Jordan, obviously, I know he's wrestled sort of amateur for years, and obviously was in NXT, but obviously was predominantly a tag wrestler in NXT. And when he first came out to the main roster, so it's you can see putting him with someone like the Miz is beneficial for him because it makes him look good in the match. Yeah. But as I say, there wasn't for me there wasn't particularly anything massively stand out. But what what did you think of the match?
1: Uh, I thought the match was kind of standard fare. Miz curtain-jerking again, unfortunately. Uh, I had a couple of issues with this match, and it wasn't to do with the Miz necessarily. I think it's to do with the way they're doing the booking of Jordan. Now, yeah. the problem is is that they've been booking Miz like a cool heel because he does these promos where he's essentially telling the truth. You know, he's saying you know I don't have enough time and uh you know he's kind of shooting on a lot of aspects and the fans are really into it and um you know you can see that he's getting over a bit now which is why I think he was getting a lot of cheers uh at the event but if you want to kind of get Jordan over I don't think this was the best I know I know Miz is a really good heel but I just think in front of this crowd, I think they needed him to go against someone, uh, I don't know, that's like really hated maybe, but a lot, I'll give you an example, like during the match, uh, The Miz does those kicks, you know, he does the Daniel yeah. Bryan kicks, so he's doing those, which is like a baby face, like the crowd love that, don't they, they Yeah. they click, they say yes, yes, so when Jordan cuts him off, he's instantly going to get booed, because he's cutting off what the fans like, and then he proceeds to get booed again. So, unfortunately... I mean, obviously, there's the fuck finish at the end, which was obviously expected. But I think the biggest problem with this match was the promo at the end that
0: Jordan did. Oh, that was just, oh, It's so awkward. Oh, it sounded like such a baby. He's like,
1: well, you know how everyone says Kurt sucks? Well, you suck. Yeah. And everyone just booed him because it's shit. It's like the worst sound like a petulant child you
0: could just tell though like obviously the booing kind of put him off like what he was meant to say and i think he kind of just blagged it as best as he could and just stumbled through the end of the promo it was just oh it was not good i felt so so awkward at that moment but no i i agree with you like it's weird because i'd never really thought of it that Even though Miz is a a heel, he does do face elements. Because obviously when he did the yes kicks to start with, it was kind of a a slight on Daniel Bryan. But now everyone buys into it, sort of thing. And obviously all the shoot promos he does. But again, I think if... I'm not saying that I want to see this in any way, shape or form, but Miz as a face doesn't work for me at, at all, kind of thing um the the element of Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel I think it's growing on me I didn't like it at first but and obviously like it was needed for for the finish of this match and obviously with Maurice now being off TV Miz needs that extra sort of body in the corner if he's going to continue to be the the shit chicken heel kind of thing um my my gripes with it again. You kind of mentioned it with Jordan's offense. Like obviously he's very sort of suplex heavy, and the one thing that really kind of gropes me. I think it it worked when he was in American Alpha because Chad Gable could take the beating, and then Jordan got the hot tag, and that's yep. when he kind of ripped down the the straps and so on and so forth. But now he he hits that corner spear and then hit pulls down the straps and he just looks. I don't know it it looks very kind of early 90s sort of wrestler kind of thing if that makes sense it doesn't fit with what we're used to seeing and i think that's kind of another element that that they need to work on with jason jordan i think
1: yeah i agree with that and i think there's that classic case i think loads of people have said this but what what works on nxt doesn't necessarily work on the main roster oh you've got definitely to take time to get these things over now in some cases it works like with enzo and Cass. i mean that's like you know that's instant money there but again some of these gimmicks you got to get them over a little bit you know with the hot tags and the, the straps coming down if he's doing it on his own it's kind of you know i'm not sure really a bit of a lame duck kind of thing yeah. going on there but yeah, um, I will say he did. Uh, he did a really cool um, float over suplex. I thought that was quite cool.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, it's very suplex heavy, and I feel like that's going to get really stale
0: really quickly. Yeah, I agree. And obviously the the comparison with Brock will will come in very quickly if he does continue mm. to to just suplex people, and obviously. Every, like, with Brock can kind of get away with it, but I think if you're going to be a guy like Jason Jordan, who's meant to be there week in, week out, and this perennial baby face, it's not... I don't think mm. it's going to translate as well. But for what I've kind of heard, and I'm not sure... if It might work, it might not, I don't know. But what the rumours are is that the next pay-per-view is going to be Jason Jordan and Miz again, and then Miz is, uh, sorry, Jordan is going to win the strap there, and then Miz might finally be pushed into the world title or universal title picture, um, which I'd love to see because I think he deserves it. But I don't know if it's too early to put a strap of, especially how well Miz has built it up over the last year and a half, yeah. to then put it on someone that's maybe not going to carry it as well. But do, do, yeah. do you see anything different for either of these two guys at the moment?
1: Well, I was actually going to say, uh, not to spoil anything for any... Well, it wouldn't spoil anything because rules already happen. But <laughs> basically, one of the segments uh, was Roman did a talk, seg- uh, you know, sit down talk. Uh, oh, he's
0: on with the TV, isn't he? Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, So, basically, Miz was
1: egging him on about, what's going on with you and the S.H.I.E.L.D.? And, uh, you know, he kind of said, we're still friends. And then uh, they beat down Roman at the end. And uh, the Miz Taraj did the three fists like the S.H.I.E.L.D. did. And I think what a lot of people have been speculating is that the next uh, pay-per-view, raw pay-per-view, will be the S.H.I.E.L.D.,
0: Versus the Miz, Taraj. Okay, that would be. I could get get behind that.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because there's three of them. That might be the only reason <laughs> yeah. why they're feuding. But I think that's the next. Based on what I saw from Raw, that looks like the next um, feud going forward.
0: I think that would, I think that would appease me for for the time being because I don't think I want to see any more of Jason Jordan and the Miz. I think. Maybe put, maybe not give him squash matches, but I think give Jordan sort of mid card matches. Maybe give him people like Elias, people like mm. Cruz, who are on a similar level, and build him up that way. And then maybe give him, I don't know. I'd
1: love to see that.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think, like, who's like a high like, mid card yeah. person that he could maybe face at the next pay per view? Maybe even someone what, like Bray, but. No, not Bray. Okay. <laughs> no, we'll get into Bray soon. But I'm I, actually, you know what, a a, a Cruz uh, Jordan match, yeah. like
1: on the next raw or something. I think that would be really good. He needs to be. I think Jordan need. He does really well with uh, like super athletic guys. Like yeah, guys that can really go. Um, Miz is a bit more shtick heavy, so I don't know if it works very well. But if you put him in. There, with like a a proper, like I don't know, like an athlete wrestler type thing,
0: you do good, yeah. Well, obviously, we brought up Bray Wyatt there, so we'll move on to the man man to man match of uh Bray Wyatt against Finn Balor. Um, straight off, babyface Finn's new gear was beautiful, I have to say. I loved it, I put
1: this in my notes, loved it. (laughs) Um,
0: but obviously. Bray jumps Finn at the beginning of the match. It kind of looks like the match is going to get called off and then Finn rallies round, and comes running back. Um, but again, not... I think their match at, at SummerSlam was better, in my opinion. I think this match did more for Bray than it did on Finn's part because it made Bray look dominant again, but... Bray didn't come away with a win which again I we've spoken about my my love for Bray I just think he needs they need to do something different with him I think the whole eater of worlds thing is done to death like they either need to bring back Harper and Rowan and give them fresh blood that way or they I I still think they took the belt away from him way too early um, but yeah I, I don't know like the the one kind of standout bit that I've kind of had wasn't even necessarily a move it was when Bray went up to to go for the the coup de gras, and then uh, not Bray sorry Finn um, and then Bray did his weird sort of crab pop-up thing and the camera just zoomed in on Bray's face oh, I keep saying Bray Finn's face like obviously yeah. just in complete shock I thought that was a really really nice moment um but yeah apart from that uh, uh, just another kind of standard match I thought um I
1: would uh I would actually disagree with you Tim as far as uh the I think this was actually their best match okay um, only because with the the demon match were it was kind of very thin heavy mm. whereas I felt like this one was a slightly more balanced um what I will say as well just before we get before i get into the match i'm i'm kind of sick of seeing so many wrestlers have jackets with patches on them now <laughs> yeah there's like if you think about wrestling in general like how many wrestlers have jackets with patches on them it's kind of made it not cool anymore well, in my th- opinion <laughs>
0: if, if we're going to go that far i think tanahashi wins and that we, we can move on
1: I haven't seen Tanahashi's jacket. He's got patches on. Black
0: Flag, Misfits. What? And Tanahashi? Am I thinking Tanahashi?
1: Doesn't sound like Tanahashi.
0: Yeah, Hiromi Tanahashi. Ticking Time Bomb.
1: Really? Yeah. Okay, I don't really watch much New Japan, but he doesn't seem like a, a punk guy.
0: I'll, I will find a picture and I'll send it to you afterwards. Okay, <laughs>
1: alright. Alright then. But uh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, that was a. I just I just watched it and I was like, this is, now that I think about it, there's a lot of wrestlers that have jackets with patches on. Yeah. But anyway, um, I thought Finn looked great. Um, I thought the 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 start of the match was really cool, quite interesting. Uh, the idea of like the heroic babyface coming to defy the odds. Yeah. Um, uh, when you say the Finn selling the crab now. I looked at that was a Botchamania level reaction his face. He looked so <laughs> ridiculous selling the like he's never seen it before. Um, but um there was a there was a part of this match where it felt like Bray kinda of stepped up and he was like, Right, I'm not gonna take any more of your shit now, Finn. I'm not playing around anymore out of you like when he was doing those suplexes where he throws yeah you know the ones i mean yeah i thought like he looked really cool there uh you know just he he like changed gears into like this like like badass like um heel like character um and i think these two as much as i'm kind of sick of this feud now they work really well together i
0: think yeah i do agree with that and i think that like as you mentioned the kind of that moment when Bray was sort of like, I'm done with your shit kind of thing. I think that's why I favor this match over... uh, Sorry. That's... No, yeah. That's why I favor this one over SummerSlam. Right. Because, as I say, I think the, the Bray dominance for me kind of swings it because, as I said, I'm a massive Bray fan and I think he needs to be in that position, like of a not a monster but someone who he is a big guy but he's athletic as well and yep. he needs to show his his big-guyness more often i think i don't think he does that enough because i think like it kind of became a point where sister abigail kind of almost got like a touch of the rko syndrome in the fact that he could just pull that out here once and that would be it kind of thing Whereas this match kind of showed no Bray can just ragdoll someone, and that's what I want to see from him. Obviously, yeah. I, I think it would have for me. It would have made more sense if Bray won this match, and then obviously we could have got the rubber match at the next pay per view. But with that, with Finn winning both, it, I don't really know. Because as you as you mentioned, I I would kind of like to see them go at it again because they do work really well together but I don't know if the story needs it now if that makes sense yes
1: uh, I don't know where they could go from here as far as the story is concerned because obviously we've had the demon we've had them face man to man yeah I'm not sure where it could go after that I'm not sure where either of these goes go from here um, I think you're right though Tim Like I think Ray works really well with smaller guys. Uh, When he's in there with bigger guys, slower guys, it just I mean he's a good brawler but I think he's a good brawler with smaller guys for some reason. I don't know why but uh, I don't know. I think based on Raw tonight I think they're going to somehow carry on this feud. Um, I don't know. Uh, We'll see um, what's the next one? what's the rule oh, oh. After this? Uh, there's so many now Yes, yeah. it's like
0: one Is this starcade year. no that's not that's not a uh, pay-per-view oh listener. is it not
1: no it's like a, a house show thingy
0: oh okay
1: with booby rude <laughs> booby rude
0: <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to see booby nice well yeah uh, if we move on then to the, the tag match we'll, we'll cross the cringe moment, worthy moment in a bit but yeah, for me this was match of the night like mm-hmm. Sheamus and Cesaro have I can't remember who it was that said it but somebody said it It kind of looks like they've been a team forever and they, they've never been apart kind of thing and this this match kind of solidified that for me. Like straight off the bat, sort of dominating Ambrose, like taking one man out, doing working as a proper tag team. Obviously, it's taken them a couple of months to finally get the same ring gear. Their entrance, obviously, people love and hate, but they're at least they're kind of coming together as a unit now. Yeah. And I think obviously we know the the history with. Seth and Dean, so we know they can work well together. All, uh, Michael Cole mentioned it on commentary, three of the four guys have all been world champs, so they're high-caliber sort of superstars. So they've just worked really well, and I think every element of this match seemed to have a purpose. Obviously, even despite what happened to Cesaro, there was obviously a bit of a, a blip where the referee was kind of... Do we carry on, and, and fair play to Cesaro for carrying on, because obviously he didn't miss a step and it it worked out fine. But obviously, right off mm. the right off the bat, I think the the swing into the steps with Ambrose, I think that set the tone for for the match and it just kind of snowballed from there. But yeah, what what were your opinions?
1: Uh, I I get I think you're right. I think every nearly every Raw. Uh, pay-per-view or i guess not pay-per-views because you don't pay for it <laughs> but every raw uh event that they do these monthly events uh sheamus and cesaro steal the undercard absolutely every single time they are such a good team um as far as uh just um it was funny because you know I was saying about Bray with the jacket. I was like, okay, okay, what's next? So and Cesaro, they have a backstage segment, jackets with patches all over
0: yeah. them,
1: more jackets with patches. Um, um, but you know they're calling themselves the Bar, aren't they? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I just I, I think you know they're they're right though because you know they ta- actually saying that the tag team division in wwe on the main roster anyway is nearly the best it's ever been i think yeah you know with you know the usos and new day and sheamus and cesara and the Hardys and now the shield you know uh it was great and Um, if you
0: think we've still got the revival to come back as well
1: yep still got the revival um there's there are definitely more that i can't think of but yeah um i mean I just i'm in love with cesare he's a great heel when you uh when you mentioned the stairs uh you know he, he just he's really good at telling a story like just as a character like he's kind of this like heel where he's always going to try and take advantage in any way he can like yeah you know, with the ref like with his you know uh you know not looking and stuff like that but Let's just let's just get it out the way because uh, <laughs> I got two things spoiled for me on this pay per view. One was the cruiserweight match, and it was this spot that happened to oh. Cesaro. Um, so, uh, so what happened? I can't remember. now. So
0: basically, Ambrose they'd had a bit of an offense, and then Ambrose had him set to slingshot into the turnbuckle, which that's right. if. Any wrestling fan has seen that a million times, yeah. done fine. The wrestler, obviously, whoever's taking it, puts their hands in front of their face, hits the top turnbuckle, and that's kind of the end of it. Mm. I don't know whether Ambrose put a bit too much welly into his throw or Cesaro put too much spring in his jump, but somehow, some way. He overshot it and hit the actual ring post with his face, which, again, I don't get how he's done because you're obviously meant to put your hands up to protect your face. Yeah. Um, And then pushed his front... Oh, even saying this is making me cringe. Pushed his front two teeth into his gum. Yes. Uh,
1: I think originally everyone thought that he'd cracked his teeth. Yeah, they thought that (laughs) they, they
0: cracked the front two.
1: Yeah, I think, basically, Cesaro is so good, he has to try and oversell everything, and he's he's gone in there, he's got really excited, and he's like, I'm going to take this slingshot like a fucking champ, and he goes, and he oversells it, jumps way too far, and instead of covering his face, uh, he goes straight into it, and you could tell instantly, as soon as he hits it, his mouth is just covered in blood. yeah. He <laughs> does like a grin to Sheamus, and uh, you know what? It's really funny Tim because, like, even after this, even as distracting as this was, I could not take my eyes off Sheamus and Cesaro. Like they, they, I felt like, like Rome, um, Roman, uh, Rollins and Ambrose were almost an afterthought in this match for me.
0: I uh, no, I totally agree. Like the, the only kind of elements that they kind of had in this match i think the there was a couple of sort of flurries where they had offense but even looking at my notes and thinking back the sheamus and cesaro were the dominant part of this match in every aspect like the yeah. things that i thought obviously after this the uh stair spot at the very beginning i knew I, I might think differently but i thought Ambrose was legit hurt I put, I posed this question on the wrestling group that we're part of and some mm. people agreed some people thought that he was just selling it but I, again because I thought Ambrose took a bit of time out so I thought he was legitimately hurt but then obviously what happened to Shane uh, Cesaro kind of completely overshadowed that and mm. the fact that because my initial thought obviously he thought that he knocked his teeth out and you could see him Instantly roll out and get medical attention. Yeah. But then you could, you saw Seamus look at him. Obviously, Cesaro's off camera at this point, but you see Seamus look and kind of go, You're all right. And then next thing you know, Cesaro's back in the ring and he's yeah, obviously still not 100% there because of anyone that's suffered any kind of bang to the head injury or anything, it shakes you up for the f- first sort of minute or so. But Within a couple of minutes, he's he's back on his game, which is yeah. just unbelievable. And yeah. I think the the pinnacle of that is pointing out the the callback to the to the Summerslam moment when uh, Sheamus had Ambrose in ready for White Noise. Rollins went for the the runner off the top rope, but Cesaro caught him. Sheamus hits white noise, and then Cesaro just power bombed Rollins on top of Ambrose, and it was just that was just everything that that match was just summed up in that that moment. I thought,
1: yeah, I I love that continuity from that match. Um, I didn't think Dean looked very good in this match. I'll be honest. I don't think he's very good at taking the hot tag.
0: No, uh, his the only thing is I will, the only thing I will give him. This is the first time in months, and I literally mean months, that his spring shot lariat actually looked good, because there wasn't too much distance for him to travel, so when Seamus knocked him back, it was literally like a quick rebound, and he hit it with such really like a lot of force behind it, so kudos to him for actually making it look good for the first time in months, but yeah, apart from that, not a lot else it was like so like
1: his offense is so weak it's so light that dive where he just pushes them yeah it's just terrible um that's really my only critique of this match I mean the storytelling was amazing tag team match was the best
0: yeah for sure and obviously the f- the finish like even thinking back now like it wasn't that memorable like it was Rollins did the ripcord knee into uh, dirty deeds, and that was kind of it. Mm. But this the whole setup beforehand, I can't really remember what yeah, happened. Yeah, it kind of came
1: out of nowhere, didn't it?
0: Yeah, so I, I guess obviously like timing and stuff. But as as you pointed out rightly, Maz, Sheamus and Cesaro were the were the focus of this match, and I think that just the. I wouldn't say detracted from the ending because obviously you needed that to to carry on the story but I think that it did, it served its purpose you didn't need a big ending because the match in itself was enough
1: Mm. yeah definitely
0: no mercy And then we go on to a a second contender of match of the night, uh, the the women's five way, which I will be totally honest, was a lot better than I was expecting. I thought, not not in a disrespectful way, but I just think because there were so many elements within it that I didn't know how it was going to work. And I didn't know who was going to come out on top as well and how they were going to come out on top. So I wouldn't say I'm a a massive smarky fan that I can call everything, but I've watched enough wrestling in my life to kind of know how certain things work. So, but this one kind of had me completely baffled because I didn't know if they were going to fully invest in Naya as many people did think, but then there was the kind of whole thing of, well, how is bliss going to come away on top still? but um it was i thought the match was brilliant i think they did everything they needed to everyone played their part i think many people thought emma was going to go kind of be the the odd one out in this and to a, to a certain extent i agree but i have i've got a massive soft spot for emma i think she's really underutilized so i was happy yeah. to see her in this match and because ma- many people thought she was just there to take the pin, but I'm glad that she was there to kind of almost be the catalyst for the pin, if that makes sense. Because obviously she was the one that was beating down Bailey before Alexa did her chicken shit push out the ring and claimed the win. So I thought that was a really good element. But obviously the the shining star from this was obviously Nia Jax, and I think. She has just come on leaps and bounds in the last month. It, it's just crazy because I think everyone knew that she had the potential, but in this last month and a bit, she's just her character has come on incredibly, and I think this is the first time where she's actually fully embraced. Okay, I am a big woman. I can overpower everyone else, so I will. Kind of thing is so what was your kind of views on everything
1: um i uh have not really been following the women's uh story on raw so a lot of a lot of this was very new to me mm. uh so i didn't know uh what kind of uh push they are giving nia jacks because when i watched this when i watched the promo package i was like wow they've really invested a lot uh since you know like wrestlemania where she barely got an entrance yeah she's like the most dominant heel like they put so much into her in the promo package and just this match alone um i i did get the sense that a lot of these women weren't that over like during the 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 start of the match like when they all came out yeah um bailey kind of got a bit of murmuring um Sasha, I don't think was as over as she used to be, uh, so uh, bliss, I think probably got the biggest reaction, I yeah,
0: think. I agree,
1: yeah, but um, have you ever noticed this? Maybe I've mentioned this before, but you know whenever Bailey's in a match and there and her opponent comes out and she and you could see her like looking at them, do, is it me, or does she always look like she's shat herself? <laughs> Like she always has this reaction like, Oh, don't want anyone to know You know, like she I, I get what she's trying to do. I get she's trying to look oh I'm not sure if I can deal with this. It's gonna yeah. be a big foul, but just looks rubbish. She looks like she shat herself. Looks <laughs> rubbish. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, so that's gonna ruin every Bailey match for anyone who listens to this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um
1: But with the match, um they gave Jack's all the biggest spots in
0: this. Yeah, like, you know she did the double Simone drop, which was awesome. That was brilliant. Uh, they did the four women powerbomb spot. Yeah, which was even
1: better. She nearly broke her neck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That looked brutal. Seeing the um, uh, seeing the the slow mo. Um, I thought this was quite fun. I don't. I thought this was quite funny, but <laughs> a lot of the time. It just made me laugh watching it. A lot of the time, like, so it's a fake fight where there's five women, most of them are heels. And uh, whenever one woman would break up the pin for another woman, they'd go, what the hell? Yeah. And they like, why did you do that? Why did you stop me from winning? It's like, what the, why <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was funny. Uh, I wouldn't say this is... I thought there was a lot of exciting parts in this match, and I thought it was going to be a complete clusterfuck. But yeah. To be honest, it was uh, really exciting, and um, uh, I don't. Bailey is still a bit
0: mm, with me. Yeah. Um, but we'll see.
1: I guess I think next next pay per view, Jackson's going to get it. I think.
0: Well, this is the the thing that I kind of had because again I can't remember who I was talking to this about, but somebody said about the point of kind of Sasha and Bailey being in this match, even though they were the only two faces, but there was a point where, uh, Sasha put, I think it was Alexa in the bank statement and then Bailey broke up the pin. And then moments later, Bailey did the belly to belly, uh, to belly. And then Sasha broke up the pin. Um, so, that for me was kind of laying the seeds of a potential bailey sasha feud later on down the line and i think the women's division needs a secondary feud because for the last couple of months it's literally been okay whoever the champion is obviously for the last few months it's been alexa and whoever she's going to face and then the rest of the women are just kind of left to their own devices. Whereas I think we've got Asuka coming pretty soon to Raw, that you need a secondary feud. If Asuka's going to come in hot as she was off the back of NXT, many people are saying that she's just going to come straight in at TLC and win the title off Alexa and continue this unbeaten run. So if that is the case, I'd like to see a secondary feud of bailey and sasha because we all know that them two together can pull off some incredible matches so I don't, I don't know it might be me reading too much into things but i i'd personally like to see some form of secondary feud in the women's division
1: yeah no i i agree with that uh, wholeheartedly i think uh hmm. Not sure I think they probably will put the the Taiwan jacks at some point soon uh, but I think you're right they should have some sort of secondary um, feud going into the future with Sasha and Bailey I d- I don't know about you but they they clearly did a spot in this match where they were trying to get gauge the reaction of a Bailey Sasha feud when it was just both of them in the ring yeah. And I feel like it kind of fell on deaf ears for a lot of people, only because I think with Bailey's negative reaction and Sasha not being as over as she was, maybe it's not as... They need to put some fire under it, I think, if that's to be the case.
0: And I think that's the thing, because many people thought they were going to kind of pull the trigger on that a while ago, so it might be a little bit too too little too late kind of thing. But it could also work as a catalyst to get both of them back on track. Like we saw how good a a heel Sasha can be on NXT. We haven't yeah. seen her as a heel on the main roster at all. So if that does ignite them both, then I'm, I'm all up for that. Yeah. And um, but then, as I said at the very beginning, this is the, the pay-per-view peaked and this, this was the peak. So we've got to come come with the trough now, unfortunately, um, with one of the so-called WrestleMania-caliber matches of John Cena against Roman Reigns, um, which was just dull, 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 in my opinion. Yep. I just thought there thought was just... Many people said this, and I totally agree. Cena just looked like he just couldn't care, and there was a point in this match... I'll, I'll bring it up now where before the the table spot on the announce table where Cena just winked at the hard cam it was just oh it was just so cringy. And it was like why why break that barrier there's just not and it was just, it just Well well to be
1: fair Tim I will say cuz that I remember that spot uh for what I remember the cuz cr- he'd just done an AA and the crowd was uh, chanting one more time, one more time. And then Cena was uh, boasting to the crowd, no, no, not going to do another one. And that's when he winks at the camera, like, actually, I'm going to do one, but it's going to be on the table. So that's why I think I, he did that. Yeah,
0: I, I understand that logic, but I just, oh, I, for me, it just, did, oh, it just wound me up. <laughs> <laughs> he,
1: uh, he did another thing that I think he called in the ring, which is... Um, I can't remember what the crowd were chanting at him. They said something about maybe you can't wrestle or something. So
0: he just left. He's like, okay, fine. Oh, yeah, know. yeah. That was like, right Did at the beginning, I... wasn't it? Yeah, it was right at the
1: start. And that was so corny because, like, he's walking up the aisle way like a moron. And, like, Roman Reigns is like, oh, I'm not done with you. And he walks, he's chases him. And Cena, with the years and years of him being in a wrestling show should know that walking up the rampway is an easy target for someone to hit you with
0: yeah
1: uh, so I thought that was a bit hokey just because I think he was calling an audible maybe Roman didn't know about it so he was like right okay let's not you yeah us in this match so yeah but um,
0: yeah but yeah obviously the, the match in general I just The thing that I thought was quite... I wouldn't say interesting, but there wasn't any particular wrestling in this match. And I think (laughs) that's... I don't know if...
1: There wasn't much wrestling involved (laughs) in this wrestling match.
0: But the thing is, we know that Cena can wrestle. And I think that's now kind of highlighted Roman's weaknesses. Like, we know Roman can have good matches because... As much as people like to boo him, like he can put on incredible matches with mm. people. But, but there was just something here that... I don't know if it's the two of them puffing out their chests trying to be the bigger guy. Or there was just no chemistry between them. I don't I don't know what was lacking, but for yeah, me... it was an odd one. Because
1: yeah. what... I mean, if you just watch the promos and everything like that alone, this would look like the biggest match of all time. Oh,
0: yeah. Because
1: Cena's probably one of the greatest promo guys probably of all time. Um, But then you get into it, and it's a lot of punchy, kicky, let's put you in a hold, you know, a lot of that. You know, uh, Reigns was clearly working as a heel and um i i don't know what purpose this had only to try and get Reigns over and Cena to kind of do a, a, one last round but it wasn't even a good match it was there was some cool there's like one or two cool spots but that was kind of it
0: really yeah and the one we'll get onto some of the spots in a minute but the one thing that I thought was quite funny is immediately after this match, I think I saw about seven different people post on Twitter the first thing that John Cena's doing on a Monday morning, getting a different finisher, which I thought was quite funny.
1: Yeah, just oh, too many. Just I mean, you got to try and protect your finish somehow. Yeah. Brock only did one finish tonight, but either way, like... Um, What I think, I think WWE do know how much of a reaction Reigns gets because I think when Cena first came out, they give you a lot of time to wait for that Reigns music to hit. Yeah. They kind of build it. I feel like they build it up so they know as soon as that music hits, like that, instant booze. Yeah. They know that uh, intentionally.
0: Um, Well, it's funny you should say that because usually I notice the the edit in the dipping boots, but I think they might have stopped doing that. I because did, I didn't notice it this time.
1: Yeah. He, well, it's funny, really, because maybe I know. Obviously, WWE is saying like he's not a heel, he's not a face, he's just a character, you know, that kind of thing. But he was clearly the heel going into this. Oh like, yeah. Match like if you look at any of the promos that they had, you know, that's you know, I mean, Cena was cheered. I mean, that is, <laughs> yeah. you must be really hated if seen as like the over guy. Um but um yeah apart from the so so the, the that that table spot, let's talk about that table spot. Yeah. So this was after an AA attempt, or maybe several was it? Was I this, can't remember. It was
0: after the Avalanche AA, so of the one off the top rope I think.
1: Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, that was quite cool. I guess, but I don't know. How many AAs can we Yeah, so Cena takes Reigns outside and uh, he's going to do an AA on the
0: announcers' table. Oh, sorry, Maz, don't don't need to clear off. But before this happened, when Cena was clearing off the table, did you see the Spanish announce guy literally hop the barrier? It was... Brilliant! What he jumped over the back Yeah, it that. was just so funny. Oh my god! Just another. This is a real tangent, but
1: I I really need them to not do the introductions, all <laughs> the announcers <laughs> every pay per view. Like, not to, because I understand why they do it because they want to let you know that you can hear it in loads of different languages. But their timing is terrible.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. It's really like they've um, done it a couple of times where dawns-
1: they. Down as well. Do you, sorry? Do they do it on SmackDown pay-per-views as well?
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: Because I, just, for some reason, I just feel like it's only Raw, but maybe that's just me. But yeah, the timing is just
0: yeah. Oh, this because like, there's been times where they've like either just completely cut them off or like, like just the who whatever language it is, have finished their little spiel and the camera's just linger- lingering on them. It's just so awkward. Yeah,
1: well, that actually happened on this night. Yeah. I
0: think
1: it was the last crew, or maybe second to last, and the camera goes off to the next announce team, but he's got something else to say, so the camera has to go, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. so, what did you say? Yeah. anyway. So anyway, this this spot. So, yeah, so Cena's about to put him into this, the other this, this other table, with an AA, but uh, Rain slips out and gives him the spear through the other table.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. But basically, uh, DDT's himself through the table. Oh,
1: that looked terrible. His, <laughs> I thought he broke his neck.
0: It was so awkward.
1: Oh, it's cringy. I thought that's it. He's definitely broken his neck. Yeah. But luckily, he didn't.
0: Yeah, but and then obviously the. I think the issue I I had again with this is, okay, there was too many AAs which led to too many Reigns kickouts, but if Reigns is going to win the way that he did, he needs to to get rid of the Superman punch for me, just have the spear. That is it, because yeah. that it just looks so fake and unrealistic. Like when he hit it with Cena, Cena just kind of took a step back and went oh, I'm a little bit dazed. And then took the spear. It was just... It was, yeah, it just, I don't know. It just didn't make... Like, I get why obviously Reigns won, but there should have been at least a kick out from Cena rather than, here's a Superman punch, here's a spear, game over.
1: Hmm. I will say... um despite all the aas that we saw there was one that was really
0: cool he did a like a double aa like a transition oh the roll through yeah the roll through that was really cool
1: that was probably the coolest thing in this match and that's a roll through (laughs) um but i think the most the most interesting thing about this entire match now going into this i thought oh wow they must be changing their minds about wrestlemania maybe this is going to be the feud going forward and it was only for one match just to put Reigns over at yeah. the end. And that I think killed it for everyone. Like it could have been a boring match, that's fine. But the fact that this was only here for rain to for Cena, sorry, to show respect to Reigns was just the fans hated it. They yeah. really hated it.
0: Well the the interesting thing as well is obviously at the very end with Cena left in the ring. Mm. What's your opinion on that? Because some people were saying it's his final hurrah, like he's going to finally go. But I, d- oh. I, can't, I can't see it personally. Like, th- that wasn't a big enough finish for him to say, this is me done. No, they they, they kind of milk that, I think. Basically, Cena's
1: going off to film uh, the the new bumblebee movie the transporters, uh, transporters uh, okay. Transformers. okay no not transporters
0: transformers
1: <laughs> movie bumblebee uh, uh he's going to be filming that until probably december january i believe right. so he's going to be away for a while but yeah they milked this like this is seen last match you'll never see him again but that i know that was not the case Cena's. seen definitely not
0: done no i was gonna say he's he's definitely still got a few matches in him and
1: yes i I I will yeah well i will say sorry to interrupt but i will say that i think they're making a lot of mentions about him and and the rock like how the rock went on to conquer hollywood and cena was saying oh you're a part-timer you're you know you're not what you used to be yeah and i think they're kind of making that uh, relation to Cena now, where he's kind, he is kind of doing the Hollywood thing now. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that's what that is basically.
0: Well, yeah, I think. Well, as I, say, I think, Cena deserves a bigger send off than than a, <laughs> a a match with Roman Reigns. To be honest, as well. Did you
1: see uh, that uh, picture, of Matthew from Bob uh, yesterday? It was. Uh, it was a picture of Reigns, and he's he's got his he's got his, he's in the ring with the Undertaker, Cena, The Rock, and Daniel Bryan, and they're oh, all like showing their respect. Yeah, Ed
0: Ed put it as the as the wrestling group photo. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's awesome. I
0: was, oh, it made me. I was like, oh. <laughs> right, right.
1: Look at all those poor men. Yeah,
0: but we'll move on to. The, the second bit that was spoiled for you uh, the Cruiserweight title match mm. um, this is I can't believe I'm going to say this but it's one of the first times that the Cruiserweight match has could have been done without basically like not for the fact of the outcome but I just felt sorry for Neville because there was no way he was going to get a decent match out of this and it was it was a stopgap between Cena and Reigns and Strowman Lesnar and that's exactly what it felt like Like fair play to Neville for for doing everything he could to kind of drag a match out of Enzo and I know it's kind of the cool thing to bag on Enzo at the moment but Mm. since the split with Cass it's been very evident that he was there as a mouthpiece and not a lot else and we won't go into too much, but obviously there's a lot of rumours of what his character's like backstage kind of thing, and this is why what happened on Raw is kind of believed to be a thing, but what I'm struggling to kind of find positives in this. So did, did, <laughs> did you find anything out of this?
1: Uh, I, so I have a couple of mixed feelings about this. I'm very mixed because... Going into this, I was probably very much the same as everyone else on the internet. They're like, if Enzo wins this, it's the end of 205, it's the end of the cruiserweights and all this. So, watching this, obviously, this got spoiled for me, so I knew the outcome before. Yeah. But basically, <laughs> the entire match was Neville beating Enzo, and the one offensive thing I remember. Enzo doing was basically Neville bumping himself, which was the DDT off the top rope.
0: Yeah, which was incredible.
1: <laughs> yeah, which Neville did. I mean, that was Enzo did nothing of that. Yeah. But I thought the ending of the match was quite intriguing. I, I don't think I've been after this as well as what happened on Raw. I don't think I've been as intrigued to what's going to happen on 205 since probably the start of 205. Yeah. And that's not to say, oh, because Enzo's such a great in-ring worker and all this th- stuff. I just think his character's quite intriguing with um, that sort of um, scenario where he is. I mean, yeah, they haven't built 205. Like, I mean, they even bury it on their own show for some god no reason but um so yeah the match was you know pretty piss poor it was just a beating but the the end i thought was quite intriguing so that's all i can really say it's a shame neville's not the champion but i'm excited to see what happens next
0: yeah and i i agree like it does it adds intrigue to 205 like I will openly admit, like I've got a massive soft spot for the cruiserweights, but I haven't been keeping up with it as of late. Like I understand they've been actually kind of quite good in investing in characters as as of late. Like I've yeah. heard Drew Gulak's doing really good things. Um, Jack Gallagher's yeah. now turned heel apparently, which is cool. Um,
1: and it's a shame because I feel bad for not watching it because I like all those guys. Yeah. But now I feel like I've got more of a reason to watch it. Yeah, I guess.
0: exactly, and I think that was the whole idea of positioning Enzo with the cruiserweights. Like I think initially they thought he would kind of go it. Well, this is just what many people perceived is that he was kind of be the name to go to two hundred five because obviously when Neville first went, he was kind of that guy same with Austin Aries but then obviously that kind of lost momentum and then it kind of that's why a lot of interest wavered with 205 so that's why they introduced Enzo but now with what obviously what happened on Raw that's it's kind of added a lot more as you said intrigue to to the division and like I don't know if that's kudos to Enzo or if it's just good thinking on WWE's part but yeah. hopefully it will kind of bring more eyes to that product once again
1: I think so uh, I think that WWE have gone I think they know exactly what they've got in Enzo and I think he would be best suited to push that division or kind of elevate it really because you can't really do that on Raw without
0: being a manager of some sort whereas yeah. on 205 He's
1: a bit more believable with those guys, but he can also elevate... Because I can easily see any of those guys be elevated by, uh, you know, feuding with him. Let me ask you a question, though, Tim. Go for it. Who has the worst beard out of the two? Neville <laughs> or Enzo?
0: Um, yeah. I'd, I'd probably... I'd narrowly say Neville... Just because Enzo's is a bit more of a full beard. True. But, it's a bit patchy, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. But, Sorry, Neville. Yeah. Jury spoken.
1: <laughs> You've got the worst beard on, <laughs> on the roster.
0: But the one thing that I did find really, it well, not really interesting, but since Enzo's gone to 205, he looks like a big guy. And I think that's... Obviously, with when he was tagging with Cass, obviously you don't you your eye is drawn to Cass. Obviously, he's seven foot, but seeing Enzo stood next to Neville, he's like not twice as big, but he's taller than Neville and he's broader than Neville, and it's like something you don't don't realise. So so I thought that was quite quite an, an interesting factor in there as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's why, again, I think that's why he's been put on there. Like, you know, I I don't know. We've put a lot of these smarky, like, comments about, you know, oh, Enzo, uh, like, whatever has happened has probably happened. But I genuinely think, despite what people are saying about him, I think he will be some sort of benefit to 205 Live. You know? Yeah. So let's see what happens I guess
0: and then we get to the the main event obviously uh, the monster against the beast I was really hyped for this match going into it um and it was a little bit disappointing I've got to admit I think it did what it needed to do but I think I think the fan in me wanted Braun to win but the realist in me knew that Brock was going to win do you think that's a fair assessment
1: I think you're spot on uh, this is exactly the same as Joe and that's basically yeah
0: yeah and I think I wouldn't say it showed Braun's limitations because I don't think we we know what he can do and what he can't do and it was nice to see beginning of this match where braun was the dominant one he was taking it to to brock brock was sort of stumbling around everywhere and i I don't think it was too long until he hit the first of the running power slams and again it kind of goes back to protecting the finishers because i think he hit maybe three in this match yeah and obviously it only took lesnar one f5 so maybe I don't know because I, I like Braun's finisher I think it does even though it's simplistic it suits him because it's, it is literally just picking someone up and smashing them into the ground yeah um but again with Lesnar just doing one F5 does that devalue it I don't I don't know what do you think um
1: Yeah, it's kind of what we were talking about with um, Reigns and Cena. Um, It's, I I don't know. For me, I see it in a bit of a different perspective because I I feel like I kind of know where, I mean, obviously their plans may change, but I feel like they're very clear on what is going to happen at WrestleMania. They're clearly building this guy clearly building this guy here um lesnar for the first time i think ever has looked like when he got the kimura lock on and he was like jumped onto him I thought that was pretty crazy yeah um i think he did have he f- did feel like Strowman had some limitations but that's not to say it wasn't an all right match you know, it kind of was a bit lacklustre, I will be honest, but to look at, like, how far... I mean, he didn't even... He's only been training to wrestle, like, God knows how long. Yeah. And now he's in the main event. But um, he still has a bit more to do before he can be, like, a proper... If you, if you take away all this, the gimmicks and all the shtick, because, like, with the Reigns matches... They were great, but I feel like he had a lot to support him as far as, like, ladders and ambulances and yeah. all that stuff. But, um, um, sorry, you'll hear something in the background. That's just um, someone I live with. But, uh,
0: <laughs>
1: but basically, um, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, it, it's weird because they've been building him up for so long for one match. Uh, I mean, he's literally looked dominant. Yeah. So, like, he's destroyed him. And the re- wrestler, mind of me, is kind of like, okay, so he's definitely not going to win. Um, But, yeah, it just, at the end of the day, it kind of just felt like another roadblock for Lesnar to run over.
0: Yeah. Of. And I think that, obviously, with Lesnar kind of coming out on top, again obviously the there was a bit of sort of suplexity not overkill which was nice for me i I think they they worked well within what each other could do which yeah. obviously ultimately kind of led to a a slower paced match and I think because of the two matches that had gone prior it it kind of did tail off a little bit so I think maybe if they put this on after the women's match it would have the pace of it wouldn't have felt so slow if that makes sense
1: yeah well it's it's funny with raw pay-per-views at the moment because they're like i know les is gonna headline so what i'll do is i'll see how much time there is left <laughs> yeah. and, and normally if it's if it's like maybe i think there was like this match had 15 minutes yeah i think
0: for a lesnar match it was quite long
1: for a lesnar match it's quite long because again they're both limited like brock's got a limited arsenal strowman has got a limited arsenal um uh there was i don't know there were bits in this where you know like he had the kimura lock on and lesnar um not Lesnar. Strowman looked like he was going to tap, but he was so close to the ropes. Yeah, I was like, "You, dude, you're right next to them."
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I d- yeah, it's just a shame. I hope this isn't the end of the Strowman experiment because I think there's so much potential. Yeah, in him, you know, and I know obviously it's only to build up Brock for WrestleMania, but I. T- it's interesting because after his match of Joe, what has Joe done? You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: I agree. Well, because obviously the, the plan that everyone is expecting is Reigns, Broker Mania. But yeah. The, you've put, posed the question there, Maz, what's, what's next for Braun? Like, obviously, we saw at the end of Raw, obviously him absolutely destroy Enzo once again, but mm-hmm. you're not gonna have him in a feud with Enzo because he's not a cruiserweight so who do you kind of do do you just see Braun kind of almost going back to square one and sort of running roughshod for a couple of months before another big feud comes along because he's not going to go with Reigns again Cena's obviously now gone part-time he can't constantly feud with Lesnar at the moment because that's that that's more detrimental to his character, unless yeah. he is going to beat Lesnar. But that kind of throws a spanner in the proposed Mania work. So I don't know. Who? What? What do you think's next for him?
1: With... Well, I don't know. This is the thing with uh, the issue with WWE at the moment is they just give away matches. Like yeah. this All the time, and they don't have to rely so much on. You know, pay per view buys or TV, like uh, viewership and things like that, not necessarily anyway, because they have a subscription package now, so they can give away any of these matches. Like, you know, Cena and Strowman, that's like a WrestleMania main event match, kind of thing, but they already did that on Raw, you know, like two weeks ago or whatever it was. So I could see that, you know, I would. I could see a Cena-Strowman match at WrestleMania, maybe, but, you know, if they keep giving away, like, all these big matches, then I don't know how interested I'll be in them. So, I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure... Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure who I could see him with, really. Um, who have you got on Raw? you got Samoa Joe, you got Cena, you got Barrett. No, not Baron Corbin. Uh, uh, I don't know. I really don't yeah. know is yeah i hope he i hope he's got a big match at wrestlemania anyway
0: yeah i think he i think he's earned it to be totally honest as you said he's only been sort of wrestling properly for a year and a half maybe i think
1: yeah
0: so you know what
1: yeah i think last i was just thinking just then what he was doing at wrestlemania and he was in that Andre uh, the Giant Battle Royal yeah he should have won that
0: Not Yeah. By a joke Oh, God, yeah. I I completely uh, forgot he won that, to be honest. uh, Well, this is the thing. I was listening to a
1: podcast uh, about uh, that WrestleMania, and apparently Mojo has had four TV... uh, He's been on TV four times (laughs) since (laughs) then. Since
0: April. That's brilliant.
1: So, well done to the Andre the Giant winner mojo Rawley. yeah he's done nothing since
0: and um, the person he beat well one of the people he beat is now the wwe champion
1: well there you go that makes complete sense <laughs> in my head <laughs> well done logic but um, yeah
0: but yeah i think well we're going off on a, on a completely different tangent so i think that is yeah. the perfect place to end what was no mercy um as always we'll go with personal highlight um I think for me it's it's not necessarily a highlight, but it's just the resilience of Cesaro I think, even though that the the picture of his teeth is going to scar me for life every time I see it, it makes me cringe um but I, you just need to tip your hat to the guy for because he's carried on for at least another twenty minutes after that happened, so like yeah that's that's for me Cesaro proving that he is a cyborg how about yeah. yourself maz
1: i i don't think i could disagree really I, it just shows the resilience of him how he is so good um yeah this has got to be my highlights Yes, yeah. cesaro uh, that match was brilliant um um as far as th- funny things if anyone's listening to this and you want to see funny bits go back and watch Finn's reaction to the crab walk—that's <laughs> really funny. Bailey watching all the, her opponents come out, um, and uh, probably—I don't know—probably Cena raising Rain's hand because that's quite funny.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So I—it was yeah—it was good. I, I liked it. Main event was a bit a bit lackluster, but it delivered in the women's match and the tag team match
0: perfect brilliant Maz thank you once again we will reconvene for Helen in a Cell
1: Hell in a Cell very excited for the matches I don't, who's... <laughs> I don't know it's a lot of a lot of pay-per-views Tim
0: yeah they're coming thick and fast as always but yeah always. Maz thanks again for for joining me
1: thanks dude F- I will see you very soon
0: take care man take easy Bye-bye. bye 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 So there we have it folks, a bit of an up and down pay-per-view this month some highlights, some lowlights um, but yeah, as I say, Raw is happening as well it's happened, I'm watching it as we speak um, so some of the storylines have moved on um, and this opens up doors for the next pay-per-view as WWE do ever so well uh, going to keep this outro very short and sweet uh, but we will be returning next week for another in association with already heard episode i'm um, not going to say who the guesses just because i like to keep you guys guessing um but we'll be back to normal operations uh, next week so we'll be out on the tuesday rather than late tuesday night early wednesday morning by the time this comes out um but for now ladies and gentlemen thank you again for joining me on the justin insight podcast and i'll see you soon